Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to Radio Wasteland. Uh, I'm your host, Chauncey Allworth, with my sidekick, Sean. Hello. How are you doing, Dayton? Sean? <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm excited for the show tonight. Are you? Covering a, a topic that's a little more out there, I think, than... What am I saying? It's not a little more out there, but it is... We haven't done anything like it yet. Yeah, that's true. We haven't <laughs> done anything like it. Yeah, it's interesting how it is kind of like more out there while also being more mainstream. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's in the newspapers. Right, So, right. Uh, By the way, our topic this evening, uh, our guest will be talking to us about astrology. Our guest is JC Nova. Yeah, so myself personally, when it comes to like UFOs and ghosts and all that kind of thing, I'm like, eh, maybe... When it comes to astrology, I'm a pretty firm skeptic. Like, I, I I, can say with some degree of certainty, no, I don't think there's anything to that. Yeah, but you read this stuff, and doesn't but it But I do, and it's interesting. Well, about half the time it matches, so about as good as a coin flip. Well, I... <laughs> <laughs> Ruthless. Um, I, I think that... Um, I have to get all my skepticism out now before the guest comes on. Right, right. Inadvertently offend them. Um, I, I've never read um, The Astrology on the Daily. Right. Really. I mean, I've read it every once in a while, but I really don't have a good enough memory to track back and remember that on the 16th was supposed to be a good day and that I'm, you know, so I'm not really following that stuff, but... But when you read the descriptions, mm-hmm. like, of what the different signs are. Right. I do find them, um, you know, eerily accurate. Well, so do I, but that's usually because there's, like, three or four statements in there that capture me perfectly, and then the rest of it, I just ignore. The rest, you... And, you know, someone else would look at a different three or four statements in the description, and they would be like, oh, that's totally me. You know, I, I would say pretty much any sign could describe any person. See, I thought that too, but then I tried to go through other signs and read about them and apply them to myself, but I didn't feel that they were um, good fits. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe so. I I don't know that my sign in particular, Sagittarius, is, is really a great fit. Um, I, I feel like every time I've looked at it, I've been like, okay, about half of this is right. Right, right. Uh, well, I'm an Aquarius. Okay. And apparently, I well, fit it's the possible that well. you're just a natural-born Aquarius, so Maybe. that the I'm sign a, is just right. going to resonate with you. My house is right in the middle of the uh, McJigger. Yeah, I do have a funny story about star signs, though. All right. So I'm born on December 21st, mm-hmm. which is the cusp right between Sagittarius and Capricorn. Oh yeah, we were talking about how yeah. you're a. <laughs> a weird goat centaur. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. But uh, so I was trying to figure out what sign I was because it, it wasn't clear. You know, it usually says, you know, that Sagittarius ends on the 21st and Capricorn begins on the 22nd. But in, in actuality, it's, you know, Sagittarius ends at the solstice. Capricorn begins at the solstice. <laughs> so I I knew that the solstice in the year that I was born was... About 7.40 in the morning. And so I was like, okay, I can figure this out. Hey, Mom, when was I born? And she's like, uh, in the morning. <laughs> okay. Uh, can I get more specific? And she's like, uh, about 7. Like, okay. <laughs> do, you, do you have a <laughs> minute count here? And she's like, no, I don't know what yeah, minute she's you all, were born. I was a little busy, Sean. 
So, yeah, we we ended up, like, actually getting the birth certificate out of the safe. And, and so you're right there. And so I, I am a Sagittarius by about 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I and my eldest daughter are uh, very much Aquarians, and we very much fit the T of being the Aquarius. Okay. You know, one thing, this is going to be a little bit weird, but one thing that I like about, you know, the Zodiac and everything like that is um, I'm a huge H.P. Lovecraft fan. Okay. And there's something about the stars aligning and, you know, activities happening and us being pulled, you know. You know, we are uh, are playthings of the stars. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that too. And I honestly, I like, there's something interesting about just having 12 categories and just being able to, like, pick your team. Totally. You know, it. And and they're all interesting, and they're all diverse, and they all, you know, could theoretically describe different types of people. So it's like, I, I like the signs, and I like the houses. I just don't it's put like much stock in It's kind of like an intergalactic it. Quidditch match. Well, <laughs> I don't see how it's anything like that, but it is kind of like the I don't know, you got your sorting houses. hat. Right, okay. You got your sorting it, it is, hat. It's a lot like that, but you got 12 instead of 4. Right, right. But a lot of the time, you know, people uh, of the same sign don't seem to get along so well. Hmm. That's interesting. I I guess I haven't noticed, but I don't normally go around and ask people what signs they are. I guess I know a few Sagittarii, Sagittariuses. I don't know. Mm. And we we seem to get along okay. Right. Yeah. Well, Do you find that you are getting into fisticuffs with other Aquarians? Well, I, too, don't ask the question very often. <laughs> you know, um, I asked... Uh, Joe, our producer, earlier today what sign he was, and he asked me if I was coming on to him. Right. Yeah, that's kind of... <laughs> a typical Joe uh, response. Right. Well, that's <laughs> the implication. I believe he was born the same day as Donald Trump, so... Ah, he ought to like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime in the, the summer, I think. Sometime in the summer. I don't know. It's, it's really kind of a romantic story, the way Donald Trump came into this world. Uh, it was sometime in the summer. Okay, wow. It was a beautiful day. <laughs> All I right. didn't know it was May or something. You're listening to Radio Wasteland, and when we return, we have our guest, J.C. Nova, an intuitive astrologer. All right. Come on back. All right, and welcome back to Radio Wasteland, and our guest, J.C. Nova. Hi, J.C., we got you there with us. Hi, how is everybody this evening? Not bad. I'm here with my uh, sidekick, Sean. Yes, that's right, you are. (laughs) Hi, Sean, nice to meet you. (laughs) And, uh, well, we got a lot of questions for you on this one. Um, You know, we haven't had um, astrology as a topic on here. No, we haven't. And uh, it's it's we were talking um, before you came on about how it's so kind of considered out there by people, yet so much more mainstream. I mean, we have other topics on here like, uh, you know, UFOs and ghosts and but yet this is such a mainstream. Yeah. In in finding out that information, you know, websites, you used to be able to always find them in the back of magazines and so on and so forth. Um you know, how how did you get started in astrology? Well, I am what they call a third-generation psychic. My mother was a psychic. My grandmother was a psychic. I started learning um, astrology and tarot when I was about eight years old. I love tarot. And so it was part of my daily life growing up. 
Um, I, I like to look at astrology as kind of like a weather report. You look at your astrological chart to see what's happening with the planets and how that's going to affect you on, on a daily basis and how you can use it in a positive way um, towards, you know, bringing more love and happiness and prosperity into your life. And astrology can be a lot of fun. There's about 70, I think it's like 70 million people read their daily horoscopes and newspapers in the U.S. alone. So I, I definitely think um, people find it fun and entertaining, and some people also believe very strongly in it and follow it religiously and, and like to learn about astrological aspects. In fact, today, this morning, there was a lunar eclipse in uh, Aquarius, and um, when there's a lunar eclipse, the full moon was in Aquarius. And so this month is a, is a great time for people to really sit back and focus on their life and what they want to do when it comes to relationships, their career, and kind of get their financial house in order and create more balance and harmony in their life. And so if emotionally people are feeling a little uncertain, it was because of the full moon last night. So um, I personally am an Aquarius. Does this hold any special um, inkling for me? Does it affect me in a different way? Well, I actually think because you're an Aquarius or if you're also another air sign, say Libra or Gemini, it's a very powerful time for you emotionally. And usually I see uh, individuals that have sun in Aquarius. They're very unique, very smart, deep thinkers, kind of like to try to um, see everything from a 360-degree view. So emotionally, I would say over the next two weeks is a very powerful time for you. So if there's some things that you've been thinking about, changes that you want to make in your personal life, now is the perfect time to really kind of get it straight in your mind what you'd like to do because on August 21st, we have a solar eclipse in Leo, and that's the opposite of your sun sign, and that represents the end of an astrological cycle and the beginning of a new one. And it's actually one of the most powerful aspects that happens on a on a yearly basis. So I would think that on a personal level, there's some really positive and exciting changes coming into your life. On more of a global scale, I think um, you can probably expect some some more political activity going on, a lot more fireworks around um, what's happening in the White House and, and around the world. So August 21st is going to be really, really dramatic, exciting, but some powerful changes are coming up this month. I'm not sure I can take any more right. political activity <laughs> right now. So I'm going to make a note. Wow. On, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make a note on my calendar to watch for Twitter to blow up on August. August 21st. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, expect a big major tweet storm <laughs> yeah, totally. coming up on August 21st. Yeah. You know, you heard but, it here first. Right. But but what you were saying is kind of a prime example for me of um you know, I'm very skeptical of um astrology. Uh, my wife she she knows uh, you know a, a lot about it, but I'm I'm very skeptical of it, but when I read about my sign or when you tell me these things, you know, you're actually nailing some stuff that right now my wife and I, we are trying to sort of reposition our lives and sort of put our ducks in a row and get things in order. It's really kind of interesting how often during these topics that I am shown that maybe there's something to this, you know, do you find that that's common with people that you talk to who are somewhat skeptical? 
Yeah, I, I do. And I, I try to have more of a practical approach to it and um, having conversations because it's interesting when you look at a person's chart, your sun sign is based on your birthday and that represents who you're trying to be in this lifetime, what you're trying to learn. But there's also multiple other planets in your chart that affect your emotions and how you are in relationships and how you think. But Aquarius is is really... Uh, a truth seeker, a spiritual seeker, they're the thinkers of the zodiac, like, hey, just give me a moment, let me sit back and really think about this, which is good. I mean, it's, you know, Leos are more dramatic and, oh, they go, you know, race ahead and they don't really think about things, they're more passionate about it, and and Aquarius is sit back and and they want to think about things before they make changes. But I would say as you're moving up towards August 21st and there's the solar eclipse in Leo, you're going to feel confident to be more bold in your decisions. You're going to feel good about it and kind of feel like it's now or never. So good. I like let's, that. you know, let's take the plunge. Let's go for it. Uh, and Sean here is actually a Sagittarius. You're a Sagittarius. Uh, but Sean, I, I had a question Sean about has cusp a question. birthdays, yeah. actually, because as I was saying in the in the first segment, I had some trouble figuring out what star sign I was because I was born about forty minutes before the solstice. So, um, and I've read varying things on that. I've read, you know, either you just go with the sign that yeah you are technically, or I don't know whether that has some special significance. Or, or what? So yes, are you born a... on, like, November 21st? So I'm born on 22nd? December 21st, and... Oh, okay. So the solstice that year was, like, 740, and I was born at 7-ish, so... Well, I think what's unique about Sagittarius is, is it's the sign of the adventurer. It's... I don't know if you've ever had tarot cards, but it's a person that's kind of stepping out into the unknown, and you're the first person to try something. Great sense of humor... Uh, very, very honest. Like, I would say people shouldn't ask you a question unless they want to hear the truth. But you're fair and balanced in, in your approach. And because you're on the cusp of Sag and Capricorn, you may have a little bit of Capricorn tendencies, which could be positive. Uh, Capricorns can be really hardworking and down-to-earth and just really, really practical. Um, right now, Saturn is in Sagittarius, and because you're right on that cusp, um, Saturn over the last two years has been in Sagittarius, so it's been a lot about responsibility and trying to work through things and figuring out maybe you might have felt a little bit restricted, uh, maybe not feeling like you have as much freedom as you would have liked to have had, but that's that's freeing up for you. That's going to be passing over the next three to six months, and Saturn's going to move into Capricorn. So you're going to feel the energy releasing, and you're going to feel like, okay, I feel like I can move forward now. I have more freedom in my life. Huh. Sean is a skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's surprisingly accurate. <laughs> see? That's what I'm okay. talking about. <laughs> I see what you were saying now. <laughs> yeah, and this happens to me on a regular basis. You know, I will will find out about it. And, you know, my only problem with trying to find out about these things is they'll tell me, you know, this is going to happen for you on the 30th, and I just forget. I don't I don't track it, so I don't know about the specifics, you know. But, um, but really, well, how- go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, well, how I found astrology to work for me is it's, it's, if you, you take it as kind of like, oh, okay, I'm going to be driving to Portland and, oh, there's going to be a rainstorm somewhere along Ashland, Oregon, or there's going to be a snowstorm and I need to put snow tires on. 
if you if you view astrology kind of like a weather report and it tells you these things are going to happen or this is a positive time for you from a career perspective, so if you want to get a new job or ask for a raise or start a new business, now is the time to do it. You can use um, these positive astrological aspects to your advantage or if perhaps something challenging is coming up, just being aware that it could possibly be challenging generally will help people make better decisions. Yeah, that's one part that's always kind of, uh, you know, been a little unnerving for me is I don't want to hear about the horrible stuff that's going to happen because I already have a fairly fragile attitude. I don't really want it to ruin my my view of the day, you know. Um, but what, you're saying what that it, sign it's is your wife. My Oh, God, she's going to kill me. Aries. Aries. When was 420. Okay. 420, yes, she's an Aries. I love Aries women. Aries women are very passionate and leaders and fun and love, you know, exciting and very social. And um, so you guys probably make a really fun, fun couple. Communication is really important. Uh, She's probably going to be a lot more, obviously, a lot more impulsive than you Uh, and be like, come on, let's just go do it. (laughs) Let's stop talking about it and let's just make it happen. Uh, but, yeah, uh, socially, absolutely more impu- impulsive than I am. You know, when it comes to, um, you know, maybe business and stuff like that, I'm definitely more impulsive. Well, that's a nice, that's a nice astrological, um, you make a nice astrological couple, Aquarius well, and men and Aries women. That's very complimentary. Well, that's good because I've always been scared to look that up because I, <laughs> I didn't want to find out that we weren't, you know. <laughs> I've always like I've always told her that we need to uh, break up and then uh, just join dating sites and if we don't find each other then it just wasn't meant to be. All right. <laughs> well, we're coming up on break here. Uh you're listening to JC Nova, Intuitive Astrologer on Radio Wasteland and we'll be back in just a few minutes. All right. Welcome back to Radio Wasteland with our guest JC Nova and we are talking about astrology. All right, JC, I, I got a question for you. Do you consider, you know, I've always been a little bit confused on astrology. Do you consider it to be more of a science or like a mysticism? Uh, for me personally, I consider it more of a, of a science. Um, I know that some people believe it is more of a mysticism. I think what's interesting and a lot of people may not be aware, there's, there's two types of astrology. There's Western astrology and that's generally people that have that are born in the U.S., Canada, Europe, follow Western astrology. But if you are born in, say, Asia, like India, they follow what they call Vedic astrology. And it's very interesting in India when people, most, a lot of the marriages are still prearranged, and when people get married, they look at their astrological charts to make sure that they are compatible before they're even allowed to get married. And if they believe that their charts do not match or show that the relationship won't work out, then the parents won't have the two kids get married. And so that's been going on for thousands of years. So I personally think it's it's a science. Um, I believe it was uh, President Reagan, his, his wife was really into yeah, astrology. <laughs> and it definitely can benefit you. Um, it certainly can't hurt, and it's always... It's fun and entertaining on, on, if you look at it from an entertainment perspective and if you like to follow it or learn more about it, you will find that some of what you read about yourself is actually quite accurate. Um, so what would be, um, 
a big difference between the astrology that we know and the the Vedic, is that what you said, astrology? Yeah, Vedic astrology, Vedic. it's really interesting because if you're basically, say, you're an Aquarius in Western astrology, in Vedic astrology, you'd actually be a Capricorn. So it's like one sign behind. Um, for Sean, who's a Sagittarius, uh, Vedically, he'd be a Scorpio. I'm a Virgo, but Vedic astrology, I'm actually a Leo. So it's it's quite interesting. Um, it's probably, I would say, Vedic astrology is much more in-depth and a little bit more technical uh, than Western astrology. I find both of them fascinating. Both of them can be accurate in in different in different ways. But uh, astrology has been used for thousands of years. Nostradamus made a lot of his predictions based on astrology. So um seeing how you do tarot and astrology as well during the during the break here Sean and I were talking about the placemats at the Chinese restaurant. And um and, <laughs> and so um you know we know our signs from the Chinese zodiac as well because of this. <laughs> you know um do you you know do you follow do you is it sort of a, like a collection of these things like do you do numerology as well and and is there any I don't know credibility that you put into the Chinese zodiac. I know it's belittling for us to bring up the placemats, but I mean, I know it's a real thing as well. You know, uh, do you I, do you follow any of these things as well? Yeah, I'm a big. I, I like numerology and I like numbers. I do think numbers are very powerful. Um, the number of your house, each number of your house, has an energy vibration. So, example, say you lived at. 1401 Highland Street, you would add the house number together, 1 plus 4 plus 1 equals 6. And so each house has a vibration number. Um, and Chinese are really big into certain house numbers and following Chinese zodiacs. So for me personally, I do numerology, astrology, tarot, and I am also consider myself intuitive. I can kind of sense when things are going to happen. I can tell if somebody's usually being honest or not honest. So if I'm doing a reading for someone, I kind of put everything together to actually do um, a reading for them, and I feel like it can be more accurate. I can connect with them when I'm giving them a reading in person. But I, I think for anyone that's listening, it's whatever you feel a connection with. If you love astrology, maybe that's kind of something that you're interested in and you should learn more about. Some people are really into numbers, so you can definitely um, look up numerology. Your name has a number vibration. Your birth date has a number vibration. Your house does. Um, so it just depends on what you feel like you resonate with the most. Right. Well, I've always kind of, you know, my view of it, um, the reason why I asked about the science and the mysticism, although I'm sure there's a semantic argument there, is um, I always felt like you kind of had to be intuitive, like, a, you know, tarot reading. Um if if it's not you moving the cards, what is it? Is it another being? But you're saying that it's kind of uh, the vibrations of the universe or whatever that is causing these cards to come out in, in a way. So it's not actually necessarily a being. It's more just like the way things are. For me, when I read tarot, I uh, obviously each card has a, a specific meaning if you're going by traditional methods. But I use tarot cards as to use for impressions. So I'll look at a card and it will give me an impression and allow me to to um, t 
tell a story. I was uh, a couple of years ago. I was um, the Golden Globes. They have what they call um, the celebrities can come to get these swag bags. So before they're going to the event, they come by and they collect their little presents and things. And they always have readers there. And so I had the opportunity to read for one of the director's wives. And it was interesting because I didn't know who she was. I did know who her husband was, but I didn't really know anything about them. And so I was reading the cards for her and I had uh, a card had come up showing a child. And I said, do you have a son? And she said, yes, I do. And I said, was he recently in a car accident? And she said, yes, he was. And so as I was doing the reading for her, I said, you know, it looks like there's a lawsuit and I really think you need to settle. Otherwise, it's going to be much worse than you expected. And I only had about 10 minutes to read her. And she was just like, oh, my God, you're so spot on. How could you see that in the cards? And I said, well, I use the cards as an impression. And then I'm just I'm reading for you. So sometimes I can have really great connections with people and give them, you know, spot on readings. But just as any reader, not every connection is going to be as strong as maybe another one. So in some readings, I might rely more heavily on astrology and other readings, I might rely more heavily on my intuition. I see. Um well, a, a joke was passing through my head when you're talking about the car wreck at the sun at the Golden Globes. You know, she must have gone home and thought, best Golden Globes ever. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's really funny. It, um, was, it, it was interesting. That was for sure. It was very interesting reading to do now, for her. Okay, so I am not going to pronounce this correctly, um, but I want to ask you about, I'm, I always like things that go off the beaten path. Um, the thirteenth zodiac sign, and I guess there's potentially Ophiuchus? a f- Ophiuchus. I think is we just looked it up. Yeah, we had to have YouTube tell us how to pronounce it. <laughs> so there's potentially a thirteenth and fourteenth zodiac sign. Do you put any credibility in these at all? Um, not really, because I haven't really spent any time um, studying it. But I do know that it, it the thirteenth sign is from sidereal astrology, which is the same as Vedic astrology. And it really depends on what type of um, astrology you are. So if you're a Vedic astrologer, then they would probably say, yes, we do, you know, place some emphasis on it. But I would say most Western astrologers, which I'm a Western astrologer, I would be like, no, I haven't really studied it, but I'm definitely open to learning more about it. I see. Okay. So I got a, a fun one for us for you. I, yeah, I don't know if any of the, I assume this is all fun for you because you like to talk about it. Um, our producer, Joe, he is a Gemini. Oh, gosh. Can you tell us a little bit about Joe? I, I mean, Gemini. about, about Gemini's, not about Joe. <laughs> okay. Not, you know. Um, Gemini's are very smart, very funny, but they have two personalities, and there's probably two two Joes, and maybe sometimes you don't know which Joe. You're and I got to throw in, actually, I just learned that our uh, engineer here is also a Gemini, so that's Jared. So this is hitting on two points for us. <laughs> <laughs> Gemini's are very um, curious. They get bored really easy. They sometimes like to play devil's advocate. So sometimes they might say something outrageous just to see what someone's response might be because they like to talk and communicate and well why do you think that and well, have you ever thought about that and um, they also they just love to talk about things they love to learn they love to experience um, they can change their minds 
So they may be really strong believer of like, oh, no, this is what we're going to do. But someone may come along and have a an argument of like, no, I don't think we should do that. I think we should do this. And they're like, oh, well, you have a point. Hmm, maybe maybe we'll, we'll do that instead. Um, I would say that uh, Gemini's, you know, the Gemini's that I've known have never had really bad tempers, but they kind of say what they have to say when they're upset. And then it's just kind of like they move on from it. It's like, okay, we've talked about it. Now let's move on and let's get on, get on to something else. All right. Well, we're, we're coming up on our next break here. Uh, you're listening to Radio Wasteland with our guest, intuitive astrologer, J- <laughs> astrologer, JC Nova. All right. And welcome back to Radio Wasteland. And you're here with our guest, JC Nova, an intuitive astrologer. Um, JC, you know, I am, I got interested in this stuff because I'm a horror movie fanatic. I love them. Oh, great. And so that's how I got interested in all my um, off the beaten path topics. So I got to tell you, no, I got to ask you, <laughs> in doing readings about people, have you ever come up with something just straight up scary? Yes, I have. I've had a couple of experiences. The first kind of... Um, psychic experience I ever had of, of having some, something dreadful that I anticipated. I was, I believe I was like four or five years old and, um, my family was having a party at their house, my grandparents, and they were very, very social. And my grandfather was all about, you know, dressing really nice and being really polite. So, um, we were, I was at his house and, and someone came to the door and we opened the door and, my grandpa was like, well, say hello to this person. There was this man standing in the door, and he had, like, this black suit on, white shirt, and a black tie, skinny tiny, had dark hair, and slender guy. And he said, say hello to him. And I was just, I looked at him, and I was just like, no, 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 no. And I ran, and I went into the dining area, and my grandfather was like, you know, JC, like, say hello to him. And I was like, no. And I started crying, and I got underneath the chair and the guy was trying to reach his hand to to shake my hand, and I just got in a corner, and I was like, no, 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 stay away from me. And my grandparents got upset, and they're like, oh, you know, she's being so rude, so they sent me to bed early. So, like, three weeks later, the man was arrested because he killed two women. And so my grandfather, after that, said, if she doesn't like somebody... Like you, you need to pay attention to how she feels and, and if she has like a bad feeling about someone. So as I grew up, I, I could tell things about people that sometimes I didn't want to see. And, um, there have been times in my life, most people that are intuitives and they read other people, you have to be really careful to protect yourself because at times I would go into the grocery store and standing in line and I'm picking up all these things about people in line and the grocery clerk, things you don't really want to know. Um, or you feel like maybe you're being intrusive because they haven't invited you in to to actually read them. Um, so yeah, I I can sense things about people, or I do have a sense of of dread. My husband, I think it was last Monday, I woke up and I just had this horrible feeling of dread, and um, it was like two days later, uh, a close friend of ours passed away, and so it's it's. Anybody, in my opinion, can have psychic ability. I think we all can have it, but it's just a matter of being open and in tune to what's going on around you and being very mindful and present. 
Um, and when I do give readings to people, I only tell them what I think they can handle hearing. So I'm not a doom and gloom type person, but I try to be helpful and productive in the things that I that I tell people. And if I were to see something where I think maybe somebody might be sick or a family member, I would just say, gosh, I really think it's important that you go to the doctor and get a checkup or have your husband or your son or whoever it, whoever it might be. So um, this this prompts my question. I am a doom and gloom and, and a cynic and, and a generally negative individual. So I'm going to try to get some positivity out of you as you – as you pick up these thoughts and these feelings from people around you, are most people good? Actually, yeah. I do feel like people have the potential to be good and they want to be good. I think people are very susceptible to the people that are in their environment. If you want your, if you feel like in your life, you're like, oh gosh, why is everything going wrong? Or why am I unhappy? Why am I miserable? You have to look at the people around you. The six people that are closest to you is, is a prime example of what direction your life is going in. And for new opportunities to come into your life, sometimes you have to make changes. And that can start as simple as the home that you live in. You have to, it's important not to have clutter in your house, that if you're, say, you're single and, gosh, you want to find a new person, well, are you is there room in your home for a new person to actually come into your life? Or do you have all these old pictures of your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend or ex-spouse? You have to really think about these things. But I think most people want to be good. Um, the only concern... I have on a personal level is social media allows people to be a lot more negative than maybe they would be face to face with a right. person. No accountability. And information gets out way too quickly. People don't really think about what they're saying or doing and they just post it and off it goes into the sunset. Right. So most of the people that you work with, do you call them clients? Um, yes, I would say that. Yeah, okay. it depends. I mean, some clients end up being friends. Are, and uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Are your clients um, normally, uh, is it normally a one-time thing or are they repeat? Uh, oh, no. I have a lot of repeat clients that come to me. I try to be, um, I recommend to people not to get a reading more than once every six months because it can be confusing. You have free will. You have a choice. Uh, to make decisions in your life, positive or negative. And and I think if a person gets a reading, they can use it as information to improve their lives and uh, move forward. But you definitely don't want to use it as a crutch. And I'm assuming that the information that you're giving them is not so finite that it pertains solely to this moment. It pertains to a longer period of time, and therefore you have to have time to act on it and, and utilize it. Absolutely. Or if, say, someone was coming to me and saying, hey, when's the best time to get married? So I might look a year from now and say, well, you don't want to get married during Venus retrograde, but here's the best times. And I might give them like three or four different months to choose from or, you know, maybe 10 different dates. Or if someone's trying to have a baby or someone's thinking about moving um, from an astrological perspective, I can give them a window of time saying, this is the most auspicious time for you. If you choose another time, you might have more challenges, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. But just be aware, these challenges might come up if you decide to make 
make these changes during this time frame. Right. And, and do your clients come from all walks of life, I assume? Um, very yes, from they one do. Another? I have um, everyday clients. Uh, I also have celebrity clients. Um, it just depends. Uh, I, I live between San Francisco and Los Angeles. So in Los Angeles, you're more likely to have more industry people uh, that I work with. Sometimes I work events. And then I also have um, a celebrity gossip site called astrochicks.com where the stars collide. So it's a celebrity gossip site with a cosmic twist. So we do predictions and um, talk about celebrities, what's happening, Hollywood news, but we add their astrology signs into it and make predictions for them as well. That's a lot of fun. Uh, well, this is um, this time just flew by. Um, we've actually really in, enjoyed this, but we're coming up on the end of the show here. Um, how can people find out more about you? Um, your website, well, phone number, anything like that? Yeah, the best thing to do is they can um, go to my website at astrochicks. That's a s t r o chicks dot com. That uh, is updated daily with Hollywood news and astrology predictions and upcoming horoscopes. And if they want to email me personally, they can just email me at jcjacy at astrochicks.com. All right, great. Well, I've, I've definitely had a lot of fun talking to you. And like I said, this was something that I've always been skeptical about until I turned my focus to it. And then all of a sudden, I start to think Here well, we maybe are. there's something to this. <laughs> so I really appreciate having you on. You have been listening to JC Nova on Radio Wasteland. Thanks for checking her out. All right. Welcome back to Radio Wasteland. You were listening to our guest, JC Nova. Uh, Sean, you started out as quite a skeptic. Are you a convert yet? I, I wouldn't say so, but here's what's interesting to me. Normally when I like go on a site... And it says, this is what Sagittarians are like, you know, all of these different qualities. There's normally a million different things, and about half are really spot on, and half are not. And so I'm always like, well, okay, you know, it's just guessing. But she mentioned all of the ones that really apply to me, mm -hmm. and not the ones that don't. So it was kind of unusual, because <laughs> her reading was essentially 100% spot on. So I don't know what to think. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious <laughs> as to um, the statistic about 70 million people reading their astrology. I, believe I mean, it. that's a lot of people. Yeah, it is. I mean, but around the world, all, all of that kind of thing. No, she said in the U.S. Oh, in the U.S.? Hmm. Well, that is a lot of people. That is a lot of people. I don't know, but you would think the astrologer would have some astrology statistics. Oh, well, I'm not doubting I'm not <laughs> doubting her, her numbers or, or her. I'm not trying to call her out or anything. I'm just trying to acknowledge the amount of people. Yeah, well, it, it is a lot, and, and I believe it. I, I imagine it's a much smaller fraction of those people who are wholehearted believers. Yeah, of course. But, you know, it, it is a thing. I have several friends who believe very strongly in the Zodiac, and they're always posting, like, Zodiac memes on Facebook about... You know, oh, this sign is always this way, isn't it? Right. That, you know. Well, given that we're a primarily Christian society, I didn't really have a chance to ask her and didn't know if she'd have much to say about um, how Christians feel about um, the Zodiac. Because um, at least around here, a lot of the Christians are very um, evangelical. Yeah. And they they think that it's a satanic woo-woo, you know? 
Um, I I didn't know that because it, it it's strange because it is so mainstream, and you know it's followed by so many people who don't believe in it that 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 seems like oh Harry Potter books are gonna corrupt our youth you know it it, it seems like on that kind of level to me right right well when when she said that statistic of seventy million you know that that was the thing that crossed my mind is the statistic mm-hmm. as to how many people in the United States consider themselves to be Christian. And it made me think of, um, have you ever read this? Uh, I, I bring up C.S. Lewis a lot, apparently. <laughs> have you ever read the screw tape letters? I have. That's actually really funny because one of my coworkers recommended it to me. He lent it to me. But yeah. yeah. Well, there's a, there's a passage in there where screw tape is telling Wormwood about um, the easiest Christians to corrupt are the Christians who think they're better than other Christians because they go out on Friday night and sin and then think they're better than everybody else because they believe. And then on Sunday they go to church and think they're better than everybody else because they were worldly the night before and that those are the easiest people to corrupt. And so that was what was going through my head when I thought 70 million, you know, a lot of these people are Christian. You know, I wonder if there's (laughs) some sort of uh, uh, if they're keeping it a secret, basically. Yeah, I I think. Well, I I guess I don't know what to think, but it, it's a lot of people do see it as a science, as she was saying. Mm-hmm. Like they they literally, you know, they might the true believers might not even see it as something that has anything to do with Christianity. They just need, might be like, oh, well, that's the way the world is. Oh, and I'm also a Christian, you know. It, Right. Well, I I mean, we've heard over the years, I, I don't know if there's any truth to this. I should probably research it before I say it out loud, but I'm going to say it out loud anyway. Maybe I'll sound like a moron. Um, people say that there is a connection between the lunar cycle and women's menstrual cycle. And every time I hear that, I think about astrology. I, I don't know that that's correct. I don't know. But... I don't, I don't. I don't want to be. Oh God! Now are people just going like, "What is up with this guy?" Yeah, I, I don't know either. But. All right, I'm. I'm getting away from that topic before I get myself into some trouble. Uh, here on Radio Wasteland, at the end here, we like to uh, talk about a story in the news. Sean, what do you got for us? Flesh-eating sand fleas. So this isn't an obscure story. You know, it's been all over everywhere. This yeah, I've week. caught some of this. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been on Facebook. So um, the story that caught everyone's attention took place in what you may recognize as the most terrifying continent on planet Earth, Australia. Which, you think Australia is more terrifying than Africa? Uh, yes. Like You're all, now I do. <laughs> Australia is full of bird-eating spiders and like every other monster has poison that will kill you instantly. Um, okay. I mean, think about the yeah. platypus, the, this little cuddly freaking thing. They have poisonous spurs yeah. that will yeah, send you to the true. hospital yeah, and probably true. kill you. <laughs> right. You know, they're, Australians are not to say nothing of the bugs. I could talk about Australia all day. But anyway, there was a tourist in Australia who was soaking his feet in the water after, you know, some some strenuous physical activity on the beach. You know, he was running around, his legs were a little sore, so he's soaking his feet. Uh, He pulls them out of the water, and they are covered in needle-like wounds. 
and are just bleeding really profusely. And that chances are many of our listeners have seen the picture of him in the hospital bed with blood everywhere. I will say there are a lot of pictures out there that are that picture but doctored a little bit. So there's like a huge chunk missing out of his leg. Right. Is not the case. But the sand uh, fleas did <laughs> burrow into his legs pretty good. And he, he had to go to the hospital for, for quite a long time. He lo- He lost a lot of blood. That is absolutely terrifying. Yes, it is. Well, Australia, as I said. Yeah, yeah. But there was no pain, so just think. You could be relaxing on the beach, dip your toes into the water, and oh my god, blood everywhere now. <laughs> you now, know? I don't suppose you read this enough to know. See, when I caught this story, it kind of felt to me like we had no idea these things were going to do this. So... They don't normally behave that way, um, and a lot of scientists think that maybe they were swarming around a fish or something, like right by where his feet were, and he basically stuck his feet into an anthill. Hmm. Um, and, and they didn't know in, until later how very carnivorous sand fleas are. Um, you know, chances are listeners have also seen the picture of them under a microscope, you know, having at a, a piece of steak. You know, they... They are meat eaters, tiny little piranha things. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's something absolutely terrifying about the term flesh eating. Yeah, well, I agree. You know, um, when <laughs> I I've... don't think that's a controversial <laughs> position, to be honest. <laughs> I know this is weird, but there's something terrifying about the term <laughs> flesh eating. You know, it's extra terrifying to me because when I first heard the term flesh eating, outside of horror movies, it was um, the flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah. And like, oh, God, you know, just absolutely terrifying, you know. And and when I heard the story, I'm pulling this from the recesses of my memory, so hopefully it is a little more accurate than the lunar cycle. <laughs> but um, I want to say that they were excavating or it had something to do with a river delta, and it basically unearthed these things that were basically in stasis. And then all of a sudden, you know, people started getting it. You know, we, we were talking about this earlier. Um, and I think that's a different thing from the sand fleas. Oh, I, I know I it's think, a different yeah, thing from the sand fleas, but I mean, it, it, it goes to show you that, you know, nature wants to kill you. Yeah. Well, that's very true, especially in Australia. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, na- nature is very hardcore and, you know, protein is protein. People, yeah, I guess so. People are made out of delicious meat, so, you know, sand fleas well, can hardly be blamed. Yeah, our, our engineer and I were just discussing this outside, <laughs> that if you want to cook a steak and you want to figure out if it's rare or well done, you touch your thumb to your index finger and you feel the meat under your thumb and that would right. be rare. And as you touch it to each of your fingers consecutively down to your pinky, that would be well done. Well, the guy in this case was rare. And, I, <laughs> and I'm and i very disturbed um, when I'm out there in my yard cooking meat and I'm comparing it to the meat on my body so that I can then consume it. Yeah, well, we're all part of the food chain, you know. I like to think of myself above the food chain. Oh, well, that, that's interesting. I, I guess I don't find that to be a, a disturbing thought really at all. But I guess, yeah, you know, we're made of meat. That's All right. Works. Last question. <laughs> if you and I were trapped on a desert island, who would kill and eat the other one first? 
Well, I'm probably crazier, but you're much larger and physically stronger. And, and fat and hungrier? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Well, I, I think I would probably have to split the difference and take a preemptive strike on the first night or something. Right, see who falls asleep first. It, yeah, exactly. All right. Know. It's like Chili Willy cartoons. <laughs> have you seen those where they're starving to death and they look at each other? I don't know what you're talking about, but oh, that's a very, you know, too young, fun thing. They're trapped on a boat. Do. They're trapped on a boat and they're starving to death and they look at each other and they see a hot dog wearing 